Good morning. You are listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction, Blog Talk Radio Show, founded to increase the national awareness of black women in the construction industry. NABWIC is the charge and takes the charge for black women to advocate for further opportunities to its members. Our mission as a core foundation is to strengthen the building blocks of new educational, entrepreneurial, professional, and social network connections. The vision of NABWIC is to build long-lasting strategic partnerships with first-rate organizations and individuals that will provide groundbreaking and innovative solutions for black women in construction and their respective communities. We invite you to call or text or email family, business associates, or friends and tell them that we are on the air right now. Or they can join us on the Internet by logging in to www.blogtalkradio.com slash N-A-B-W-I-C or by phone at 714-459-3918 and press 1 to join our conversation with questions or comments. Good morning. This is Ursula Odom, and I am your host for NABWIC Talks. And the first thing I'd like to do is say Happy New Year. I am so excited about the vision of 2020. Um, Great things are going to happen. And you know why? Because we're going to make them happen. We're going to do things that will move our personal, business, family, and associates agenda forward because that's what we do here. We help motivate to take action on the things that are important to us. I am Ursula Odom, um, CEO of Sulu2, and we make all new and everything we do in that we capture, preserve, and present legacy information in any form possible. I am excited about today's show. When I have I'm, My thoughts are all over the place, so I've got to get focused on today because this is going to be a great show. I have as a guest today, coming to you, Mr. Ainsley Battles, and he will share lessons football can teach entrepreneurs on on NABWIC Talks today. That's what's going to happen today. And he is a former football player and entrepreneur. He was a successful American football in the NFL. He played four seasons for the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Jacksonville Jaguars. He is the founder and CEO of Occupation Management Service, LLC, and his current mission is to help other athletes bridge the gap between athletes and life. So no matter what your industry or occupation is, you don't want to miss today's show because this is the opportunity to learn lessons football can teach you as an entrepreneur. And this show is, in fact, a benefit of NAVWIC members and those people that support the industry of construction. A lot of times people think that that's just um, hammer and nails. No, it's not. It's all the support services around it as well. And today is one of those perfect examples, I believe, of how all of us, regardless of the industry that we're in, can benefit from this conversation. So let's get started. Good morning, Mr. Battles. How are you? Good morning. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. So let's get right into it. Tell us about your path to victory, to where you are today. My uh, background, how did I get here? Born in Framingham, Massachusetts, to Carl and 
Sheila Battles, now uh, Sheila Hines Ramsey. I moved 13 times before going to college. I attended Vanderbilt University. I was an All-American uh, football player out of high school. Went to Vanderbilt University on an athletic scholarship. I majored in human and organizational development with a focus in leadership. Uh, after I graduated from Vanderbilt, I was not drafted, but made the team in Pittsburgh. I was a Pittsburgh Steeler. Was there for a year. Uh, released after my first year. I was picked up by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Played there for two years. Uh, was released again. Uh, in 2003, I actually walked away from football. So I'd been released. I was going on my third team in three years. And just the journey, the trek of um, just instability was weighing on me. So it wasn't the game of football. It was more of the business of football. Uh, so I actually retired in 03. I came out of retirement in 04 after really realizing that, again, it's the business, not the game. Then the fourth quarter of the first game of the 2004 season, which would have been September 12, 2004, suffered an injury. During a football game, I tore my left hamstring from my pelvis. It was literally in the middle of my left thigh. I uh, had surgery three days later, 18 months later. I uh, was cleared to play, and just like professional athletics, um, NFL sometimes stands not for long. No more phone calls. Career was over. Had a degree, but needed to figure out what to do next. Uh, and really is during that, that, that in-between, that transitional time, is when I developed the word or created the word occupation. Uh, when I would interview with people, uh, they would think that football was just running around the field really not understanding the intricacies that it takes to play the sport. And so I created a word, occupation, which means the match of an athlete's knowledge, education, and experience to a, to a comparative career field. And it just simply means that when I move away from football, if I treat whatever I do the same way I treat football, I'll be as good at that as I was at athletics. For instance, being a um, school teacher, I taught in high school for eight years. After retiring, and that is, I, I taught uh, social studies, language arts, I coached football, I coached track. And so being a professional athlete and then going back to the high school level and seeing the ambitious youngsters who want to go play and chase the dream, that's where I started to realize there's so many skills that playing sports provides us. We just don't know we have it because we're too close to it. And that's why I created Occupation Management Services. Our mission is to connect athletics, connect, yeah, bridge the gap between athletics and life. And so what we do is we want to help, one, have the conversation about playing because every career is going to end. But we want to – Jockupation really exists as kind of that cocoon, meaning athletes are like caterpillars, right? You playing, I started playing football when I was nine. I didn't stop till I was 26. So there's sort of a part of you when your career ends that dies. A lot of times we think we have to start over. We're not starting over. It's a natural transition. So occupation exists as kind of that cocoon where the, that caterpillar, the athlete, where their career is over, they got to figure out what to do next, and we kind of go into that cocoon to figure it out. That's where my services step in to help people make sense of what's going on. So once you figure out what that next part of your life is, come out of your cocoon, you're the butterfly, because I think athletes, we have so much to give 
um, but we have to first make sense of it ourselves. Well, my my thoughts went in two different two directions, um, mm-hmm. and I'm going to cover both of them. The first thing that you brought to mind in helping me understand just in your description is that one of the things that athletes, and in my view from the outside, experience is that they have a huge dream that would allow them or um, make anything they do between the time that they begin that dream and the time that they think they're going to reach that dream, they will endure anything because the dream is big enough. And when I thought about that relative to the rest of the world, we may not be willing to do anything because maybe our dreams aren't big enough. So does that make sense to you? And and is that a part of the process, understanding how big the dream is? Um, not necessarily. Um, the, the, the size of the dream, I guess from my end, I, I can't necessarily speak to somebody, the size of somebody's dream, because we all have different tolerances. Um, it's more of, a lot of times in life, we're kind of told, go after it, you know, chase the dream, chase the dream. Um, it's kind of that carrot we dangle, and you kind of spend your life going after it. Uh, it's kind of ironic because the more successful you get, that success comes at a price. So for everything that you're enduring, the working out, um, uh, uh, I mean, just the stress, the strain, and just playing football is a very physical and very demanding sport there are certain things you're not able to do. So when your career is over, those things that you weren't able to do, now you, you almost got to kind of make up for it or you really got to kind of start learning those parts um, of life and parts of yourself that you really did not have time to investigate. And plus, the, longer, mm-hmm. the more we grow and the older we get, we learn different things and we change over time. And so the, mm-hmm. the dream that people have for themselves you know, it, it's, I guess that's kind of the biggest differentiator is being a professional athlete, uh, we've actually accomplished our dream. So it's, it's, it's just a different mindset that you're in because you've accomplished it. You're not constantly striving for it. You've gotten it. And the question should turn to what now? And what I like to mm-hmm. do is help people understand force is what you did. It's not who you are. So what does the day in the life of Ainsley Battles look like? What do, what do you do? In your business, what services and how do they manifest themselves? What do you offer and how, how does that play out? If, I, if, if someone comes to you, what do you do? Perfect, perfect. If somebody comes to me, so um, we're a brokerage. So what we do is we are creating the environment. We're creating the ecosystem because you'll have service providers, be it uh, mental health practitioners, psychologists, um, family and marriage counselors, um, anybody that provides a service, right? They're always in need of customers, and you have uh, people who are going through their transition that are in need of services. So what we want to do is kind of we create that, that space, that really safe space for people to first understand the needs that they have and then get connected to those services that they need to cut down that time in between um, whatever stresses and strains you're going through. So what kind of companies are you 
looking for, how do you determine if the company is of benefit to your client or not? Because what comes to mind, quite frankly, is um, a lot of sales organizations that may want to tap into the 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 fact that the person is looking for a transition, and especially, um, well, some are good, some are bad, but there is a lot of them. So how do you determine what to offer your clients? Right. Well, we let our clients tell us. Uh, and so part of that is just really setting up so the website that we are creating um, and really giving a face with to uh, creates that space for people, uh, for our members to just really have a safe space to really speak open and freely about uh, what's going on and what is needed and being able to um, – so on, so it's kind of a left and right-hand thing. On the left hand, you know, the athletes are telling us this is what's going on and what we need. And then on the right hand, uh, we obviously find service providers that can uh, fill that gap or meet those needs. But the beauty of technology and the Internet is we can do a lot of background research into agencies and organizations before we make them available um, to our clients. Okay. All right. Now, I feel good about that. (laughs) Because, you know, when people are going through transition, that can be a very difficult time for that person, and they become extremely vulnerable um, so mm-hmm. I, I, I got the feeling that maybe what you do is step in the gap to protect both client and, and, um, businesses as well, I guess, because you're, you're evaluating both sides, I assume. That's correct. And, and also, uh, well, when we're talking about transition, transition isn't always finding work. Uh, one of the, um, one of the components of being a professional athlete, especially in today's uh, in today's professional sports world, is the amount of money um, that is made over such a short amount of time. So there are some people who are they're just they're already financially set, so they don't necessarily need to go work, but it doesn't mean they're complete as a person. I get. And so when okay. we're talking about these needs, we're talking holistically, not just in point. So we're going to go to a quick commercial, and for those of you that are listening that would like to join the conversation, one of the things you will hear is you press 1 on your keypad, and I will see that, and you can ask the question. So just a minute. We are so excited to have you listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction blog talk radio show. Please call, text, or email family, business associates, or friends and tell them that we are on the air right now. Or they can join us on the Internet by logging in to www.blogtalkradio.com slash NABWIC or by phone at 714-459-3918 and press 1 to join our conversation with questions or comments. Please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Don't forget to follow us by liking our page and post your questions or comments. NABWIC's intent is to always go into the high schools and colleges to encourage our young black girls and women to enter into the construction industry and to take interest into the STEM programs that are offered. We encourage you to listen to this show or past shows on the Internet by logging in at www.blogtalkradio.com slash N-A-B-W-I-C. Thank you, and we're back. Welcome back to Network Talks. This is your host, Ursula Odom, and I am 
having a wonderful conversation with Mr. Ainsley Battles, who is a former NFL um, football player who has transitioned his life into helping others with a company that he's the CEO of, Occupation Management Service, LLC. And we have someone that would like to ask a question whose number ends with 2849. Welcome to the conversation. Good morning. My name is Stephanie Bagley. I'm actually an aspiring construction owner out of Baltimore, Maryland. Um, so I've greatly enjoyed the blog talk for the past couple of months. I have a two-part question. One is what percentage of Mr. Ainsley's business is uh, women, former athletes? And the second is, what are some of the types of careers that they are interested in transitioning to? And in particular, is construction one of them? Uh, great question. Great question. Um, so, uh, Ms. Jackie Perry is actually a board member uh, for Jackie Patient Management Services. Um, and so, we are a small business um, and we are getting started. Um, so, I would say right now, one third of my company. Uh, it is has a female presence, a uh, female executive um, in it. And then uh, the second question, uh, if I heard you correctly, is um, what are – could you ask me that again? Because I want to make sure I'm answering you correctly. Yes. It's, you know, what types of careers – so you said you look for your clients to kind of tell you what they're interested in and what services they might need. So I was wondering what types of careers – are they typically interested in transitioning to and getting that support for? And is construction one of them? Yeah, and it's actually it's actually all across the board, and that's kind of the um, uh, I don't say a misnomer, but a lot of times people think that athletes are just salespeople, when in fact athletes are artists, they're entertainers, they're writers. Construction is uh, is part of it, but I would say probably uh, one of the larger um, areas of interest is business ownership. Uh, I think with being um, an athlete at the uh, at that professional level, the I guess the, the cachet that comes with the position, people start to see themselves more as business owners. Because as an athlete, literally your body is your company. And so the way you take care of your body is it directly affects you know how profitable uh, you know your business will be, which is yourself and your performance. But uh, there really is no one necessary industry that people gravitate towards, but construction is one of them, though, because obviously, uh, you know, with construction, you know, it's, it's, it's process. And, again, my dad was an engineer. Uh, my dad's a doctor now, but he was an engineer before. And so um, part of construction, from my layman point of view, you know, it's very process-oriented. You don't have to worry about the building if you take care of all the steps that lead to it. Uh, and that's really what it's like to be a professional athlete. But, like, we have football going on now. Um, athletes are worried about practice. The game will take care of itself. So construction is definitely one of the areas um, of interest. But I can't necessarily say there's one dominant um, area that uh, people are interested in. Does that answer your question? Yes, thank you. Oh, thank, and thank you. you. Okay, so you're – answer to her is going to smoke out, you know, a, a comment from me that I know is somewhat ridiculous, but when you said athletes are artists, it's like you never think of an athlete as an artist. 
and and that just made them so human. And I know better because you know they're athletes, former athletes all around us, and they 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 cover the gamut. But for you to place the word artist next to athlete, that's it's a reality. But nobody ever thinks. Well, I don't ever think that way. But it's 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 like an aha moment for me when you when you did that. So athletes are human. <laughs> they are machines, but they're human. Yeah, and that's and that's kind of the the complicated, multi-dimensional experience of being an athlete. Because in our culture, we think artists are painters and writers, and you know, not to be offensive, but more kind of dainty. But if you've ever seen a wide receiver jump up in the air, catch a football eight feet off the ground, do a pirouette, put both toes on the ground, and then fall. That's a dance move. Uh, I mean, people go to the opera. People is. go to the ballet to see that. When you see the raw human expression, if you watch the end of the Eagles game, um, McCown, because Carson Wentz got hurt. They had the backup quarterback uh, was in. They lost. You get that raw emotion, that raw, often authentic just life in the moment, being present. And I think that is what art is. When you think of a great song, I have a bad day, put on a song, it snaps you out of your mood because it puts you in a different place. That's the power sports has. And that's why I say that we're artists because we literally have the <laughs> – if you ever look at the end of any, you know, uh, basketball game or, or any type of championship, you know, it's kind of a running joke. The teams that win and the teams that lose, their city gets set on fire by the fans, right? Uh because your performance viscerally affects other people. And that's what art is, like a Van Gogh painting. Hmm. Well, okay, so apparently I'm going to have several aha moments today because the other thing you just mentioned is being in the moment, and I felt what that meant to me is that you, and when you're playing that game, you have to be absolutely present and, and philosophical, you know, you definitely you want to want to go. But even when you're talking about being in the moment, it's being in the moment without thinking. It's reacting. It's literally it's being. It's being because you when we say okay, when you have a conversation, we're having a conversation, right? So there's got to be two people. Somebody's got to talk. Somebody has to listen, right? Well, as right. athletes or as artists or as really people. We have the voice in our head that talks to us, right? Then we have the voice that we're speaking with now. What makes football or really athletics kind of different is we have the physical or body component. So if you're in a game, your body is saying, I'm hurting. Your mind is telling you something, but you consciously need to block all of that out. So you actually have three things going on <laughs> at the same time. And if you stop to think about what you're doing, it's already too late. So sports really teaches us just how to see the moment and be in that moment, but then move on to the next moment. So that's why, again, with sports, when we're talking about process, you know, we talk about wins and losses. It's really about your preparation and your execution. Okay, so we have another question. Um Caller with the number 5193, welcome to the conversation. 
Yes, good morning. Uh, this is it's Jackie, and um, just want to say good morning to uh, Ainsley, and thank you for being on the show this morning. I do have a question. Uh, you mentioned that you are a broker, uh, so to speak. You're that connector between, you know, athletes and uh, resources, et cetera. So I imagine that in your entrepreneurial journey, there's been opportunity for you to provide not only those uh, resources but advice, but personally in terms of your own entrepreneurial journey, what resources, advice, or mentorship have you received that have helped you on your entrepreneurial path? Oh, wow, that's a big question. Um, I would say the support that I've received has been from others that are entrepreneurs themselves um, that have their own companies, but also a lot of my learning and maturation has actually come through failing. It's coming uh, it's through the false starts, learning processes, approaches, and also I, I like to read. And just try and educate myself, not necessarily to my craft, but more to business as a whole. Business is a game, just like football is a game. Music is a game. Uh, every game has rules. So you have to understand those rules. And so um, it's really the uh, combination of a lot of things um, that help get me to where I am and uh, ultimately to where uh, I want my company to be. Thank you, Jackie. And now we have the master builder with a question. Welcome to the conversation, Ms. Ann McNeil. We got to tell the world, right? Okay, thank you. Good morning. (laughs) All right. Good morning. This is Ann McNeil, the master builder, helping to build stronger and better lives and businesses. And I'm very excited about the guest. I have actually two questions. One, my my first question really is for the first caller who had a question, and I'm wondering if she is a NAPWIC member. My second question is for our uh, guest and he just touched on it a little bit, but I'm curious about his most favorite book on his journey. And thank you, and I'll go back up to you. Thanks. Oh, thank you so much, Anne, for the for the question. It's called The Age of Paradox, and it's really a a book that kind of talks about when you go when you go from one sector to another. And one of the um, one of the examples they were giving in the book. Uh, was a family that had a company, I believe it was in cheese, in some kind of um, a product. But they looked at the environment and realized over time, our business will not survive. And so they had to start making a decision to say, I need to, we need to move this to do something else. And so the age of paradox basically is saying, if you think of um, life as a sine wave, right? You have your ups and your downs. Um, once you get to that almost peaking point where you start to realize your industry or whatever is going to start heading down, you start a new sine wave to put yourself on a new path. So with anything, you've got to start learning. So you, the beginning of that new sine wave will go down. Well, if you look at the picture, you have part of the, the original sine wave is going up. The new sine wave is going down. So you're actually creating a circle with those two uh, waves. Do you, do you follow that? Yes, okay. I'm not sure if I'm still on mute. Uh, uh, I'm not sure if I'm on mute. 
Okay. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I can hear you. So okay. Yeah. What, what I was going to say is that we it's also call it we also call that life cycle of the product and the business. And mm-hmm. I really appreciate that response because that's exactly what we're doing in our businesses and starting those uh, new businesses as we reinvent ourselves before that decline starts. So that's excellent. You said yeah. The name of the book is the paradox. Uh, yeah, the age. The age of paradox. Age of the, thank you. The age of paradox, because the paradox is literally, the paradox is literally the space of what you're comfortable with and what you're learning new, having to basically, can you hold on to two competing ideas at the same time in your head and still operate? And that's what the age of paradox is. For instance, we we said, um, you know, we don't want to be. You know, uh, we want autonomy, we want freedom, we don't want a boss to tell us what to do, okay, but what happens when you're a business owner? Don't you want employees that will listen to you? Yes. So how do you reconcile that? How do you reconcile the independent streak that you have, but then realizing in order for you to um, actualize what you're after, you are going to have to have people listening to you to make what you want happen. So what do you really think about leadership now. And that's, what, and that's just one example, you know, finances, ownership, assets, liabilities, uh, partners, doing things on your own. Um, there's a gambit of different topics, but at the core of it all is really being able to hold two competing ideas and still being able to function at the same time. And I know that resonates a lot for me um, as an athlete because you're kind of told what to do. My life has been very structured with practice and workout and nutrition. But eventually, you've got to figure out who you are and what you want to do. So that paradox is, it, it, it's, okay, how do I become, how do I really separate what I do from who I am? And that book, it really helped me um, think about it in a different way. Thank you. Thank you okay, so, and, so. And if you could answer my second, my, my first question. She is, and in fact, I I reached out to her, and she's prepared to answer the question for you, and has a little bit of a backstory. Go ahead. All right, great. Yes, my full name is Stephanie Carter Bellamy. I'm the CEO and founder of SCB Management Consulting. I founded my business on January 15th. 2016. I am not currently a member of Network, but I'm definitely considering joining, including coming to your conference next month in Atlanta. So I'm not sure how I got on your mailing list. I think it may be because I went to the Black Enterprise Conference in Miami in 2017, and I unsubscribed from a lot of emails. But I've never unsubscribed from yours, even though it wasn't in construction. I do believe everything happens for a reason. So last year, I was introduced to some opportunities as a minority business enterprise in the state of Maryland in Baltimore City. And since then, I've been inspired to start a construction company to try to bring some skilled labor jobs to Baltimore City. So um, I've been listening probably to the blog talk since late last year, because honestly, I hadn't noticed those before. But again, now I'm in construction. My, you know, uh, antennas are up. I was looking at your emails a little bit more carefully, saw the blog talk and have really been inspired by um, your host, Ursula, as well as many of your guests. 
Thank you. Well, right. on that so note, when I... I'm sorry, I was just saying, though, first, but if I may, we, we did meet at Black Enterprise, and so what you just did for me and for our guests and our host is just to confirm to just um, just stay connected with people yes. because you never yes. know when, when uh, you know, it's the 80s, So I want to also ask the question of our guest if he is also a member of NAMSIC. Am I a member? Absolutely. You qualify. You're an entrepreneur. Oh, I, I am not, uh, but I am definitely going to be looking into um, the organization um, at the conclusion of the call. Well, since we're on the air and she did not put me back on mute, our annual meeting is going to be hosted in the awesome city of Atlanta on January the 23rd and 24th. Our reception is on the 22nd. And so uh, Jackie, who was on earlier, and her will be happy to share that information with all of our guests who are listening by going, encouraging you to go to our website at napweek.org. Okay. Now, I, I have to share with you that the person you've been listening to, for those of you who do not know, is the founder of NABWIC. She rocks and rolls. She's pretty awesome and um, has a pretty significant following. So if you've connected with her or you've gotten her attention, you are right. So when she asks, are you a member, that's an indication that she kind of wants you to be. <laughs> mm-hmm. And on, <laughs> so um, the other thing that, you know, when we talk about connections, and I know we need to wrap it up, but um, when I heard that the, the caller's last name is Bellamy, well, I have just dis- discovered that I'm a Bellamy descendant, so I like to talk to you later. <laughs> All right. So, Mr. Ainsley, before yes. we bring this to a close, could you share with us the things that maybe I didn't ask that people need to know and um, just words of wisdom from this point? Uh, no, I think you did a great job um, with the time that we had, um, just kind of exploring just my background and, and just kind of my trajectory to where I am. But I guess the words of advice that I would just like to share, or really just more words of inspiration that I'd like to share is, you know, being an entrepreneur is a very scary, um, very, it can be very insecure at times, but there is something inside of you that want that giving you your dream that put that idea in your head and just want to encourage everybody to realize the thing that you want in life it wants you too the thing that you're seeking uh, in life it's looking it's looking for you too so it's not a thing of effort it's a thing of vision can you see what's been hiding in front of you in plain sight cuz the thing that it's not as complicated as we probably want it to be. It's very simple, but are we in a place to actually see what's really there? So sometimes our answers have been here the whole time. We just have not been in the place to receive. Mm. Wonderful. And on that note, we'll ponder that for the rest of the week and for a lifetime. Mm. 
thank you again for being our guest and for our listening audience. This is what we do here on Wednesdays at 8.30 in the morning. Uh, we talk to some pretty wonderful people, and you've just heard one. Uh, so, Ursula, if I until could, next week. Yes. Sorry, Ursula, if I, if I could just interject really quick. Um, part of what we do at Occupation Management Services is have the conversation about your entire arc of being an athlete. And I, too, have a podcast called Jockupational Therapy, which is on um, Spotify. It's online where I've interviewed um, several athletes, and we talk about their entire lives from where they were born, how did they know they were good at sports, their athletic careers, and what they're doing now. And so if your audience is interested in kind of getting a more in-depth experience as to what we are doing as we're servicing athletes and really understanding what's going on, please listen to um, my podcast, Occupational Therapy. All right. Thank you so much for that. Okay, so we have a lot that we can do between now and the next week. And at 8.30 a.m. on Wednesday, come back. We'll have another great guest for NABWIT Talks. Take care. This concludes our show. Thank you for listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction. For more information about NABWIC and our membership, please visit us on the web at www.nabwic.org. We are the voice of black women in construction. Have a great and prosperous day.